It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jays Welcome back This is the Locked On Celtics Podcast We want to thank you for making us part of your daily routine Monday through Friday We're here to help you get through it Today's the Thursday show and we are tripoding today, all of us, all three J's. It's me, John Corrales of MassLive.com, joined by the kid, Jay King, and Samuel Jamison Packard III. Jam! Also known as Ladies Love Cool Jam. Jam! A.K.A. Young Baby Jamwich. Jam! Jay, do you even know that we do that routine? Nope. That was the first time I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Jay King, an avid, avid Raining Jays listener. <laughs> Diligent podcast listener. See, each time I try to say jam a different way, that's the bit. That's the bit. That's the thing. And then that we, sounds fantastic, we honestly. We slowly keep adding new names. I'm so sad I don't listen now. You see? See things that you were missing? Uh, today, Marcus Smart got named to the first team all defense, which is awesome. We're going to talk about that later. But we're going to start this podcast with a full and thorough breakdown of a very important basketball game that was played today at the Arback Center. It was the full, well, we're calling it the media game, but the Celtics called it the Junior Celtics Celebrity Game. Yeah. That was what it was. It was the Junior Celtics Celebrity Game. And the celebrities were, I guess... Jermaine Wiggins and Brian Scalabrini, and then us. We qualify, right? If we were celebrities before today, they at least stripped the title away from me. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jay King, the kid, had a less than stellar day and has been getting shit for it all day long. Uh, And see, now this is a great preview. This is why this is so important. We've been talking about you two guys playing one-on-one, and having seen what happened on the floor today, having been there to witness it, it's, it makes that one-on-one much more interesting because... I almost challenged Packard on the spot after the game. That, I mean, no, you didn't. You were taking your shoes off. I said, don't take your shoes off. We'll play. You just 50, you never 50 yards that. stared me. 50 yards. You were just ignoring me. You are in your J. King you zone thinking about that. how much of a fool you looked like on the final possession of the game. Okay, so, that was a devastating final possession, but so, I've got reasons. <laughs> let's let's set this up. J. King, as tweeted out by Taylor Snow, had the ball. It was tied at what, whatever it was, forty three, whatever. And 
Jay gets the ball with 54 seconds on the clock and decides that he wants to run down the entire 54 seconds. Now, I'm playing defense because I decided that if any time I was in the game and Jay King was in the game, I was going to D up Jay King. And Jay, how many points do you score? Not many. Two, I believe. You scored two points. Um, so Not I was many. picking up Jay King and I see, I see, uh, the, it's a tie game. He gets the ball. There's a minute left and, uh, I see him check the clock and I can just see in his eye. Oh man, this dude, this dude's about to carry this down for the entire minute. I could, I could tell instantly that that was his, that was for, his intent. So, so first of all, I want to let everybody know I've been alerting everyone for the last year that I am totally washed up. <laughs> and nobody believed me until today. And now everyone is bought in, entirely bought in on the fact that I am washed up and trash and all my skills shriveled up. Um, today, it was a bad day. I will say, you fouled me on that one fucking take that I had. The steel, the, the, the officiating the, was questionable. Yes, the I, steel, I the steel was very clean. The the take I had in the post was a foul, and I airballed an NBA three pointer, and I I didn't take many shots. It wasn't it wasn't a big shots day for the kid. Yeah, there's no shots open, but uh, but let's get back to that final <laughs> possession if we can uh, focus in on it. Now Jay claims I I have to give him credit for the entire game. There was not a shot clock. There was absolutely. I was looking I've up there. Seen, I, I saw the shot clock. I saw it counting down. I, I looked at there it. Are, there are several people. On the final play, there was a shot clock counting down. You can just, Joe Sway just tweeted a clip. Uh, you can see that there's 40 seconds left on the clock, 28 seconds left on the shot clock. So Jay King has basically 28 seconds of just not being aware of the situation. Wait, uh, did but he that was just the tweet that? Yeah, it's like very recently. It's a it's a second a second angle of the uh, oh, uh of yes. the infamous last play. Oh yeah, oh yeah, there it is. See, the I, clock I need is I need down. I need seconds before that when the shot clock wasn't even on because but, we weren't playing with a shot clock, and then all of a sudden it was turned. The up. fact that it's at twenty eight seconds now, and Jay King started the possession at fifty four uh, seconds confirms that uh, there was not regularly in use of the shot clock. I will I got to give Jay King some slack here. Okay. He but, didn't think that was going to happen. But so, then, but here's the, the thing. shot clock was there. <laughs> There's, If you watch the video here, Jay is sitting there with the ball. And now Jay is looking at a clock because he wants to run down the clock. To Going through Jay's logic, he wants to run down the clock to take this last shot, this big heroic last shot. There are two numbers counting down on that clock. You can't, and, and not only that, the shot clock number is four times the size of <laughs> the actual clock that's you, you know what's crazy is maybe it's because I'm not trained to look at a shot clock. Maybe it's because I haven't played with a shot clock since I was in college. I literally didn't see it. I had no clue. <laughs> and I was looking up at the clock the whole time. I was very aware. Like, I was waving away screens. I was like, no, let's get one shot. Let's get one shot. Oh, yeah. And... And you you can see me waving my screens in the in the video, and I just look like such a dickhead because, <laughs> because then the shot clock runs out. But I I was just waiting till around ten seconds, and then I was gonna go. Nobody alerted me that the shot clock was was dwindling down to like two. 
Like that, that one teammate told me that there was a shot clock involved and I was being a dumbass. I two coaches, two coaches on the sideline. No one said anything. No, we just, I haven't played with a shot clock since I was in college. Who the hell plays with a shot clock in the freaking media game? It's the freaking media game with a bunch of bums, including myself. <laughs> it was, I mean. I like the idea of someone just turning on the shot clock because they're like, the kid's really going to try to run out a full minute right here? And so it was just the, adjusting the rules for your uh, Tom Fuller. That, that theory was first floated by Tom Westerholm, who was not on my team. That was his theory, that someone turned on the, the shot clock like 10 seconds into my my stall tactics. And, and look, here's another layer to this. <laughs> not only was my decision the dumbest decision ever, but then it turned out that the overtime which was lunacy, was sudden <laughs> death. And Scal was on the other freaking team. So if I had known that overtime was sudden death, which has never been a thing in any type of basketball I've ever played in my life, then I never would have dribbled out for the last shot because I wouldn't have wanted Scal to have a chance at sudden death overtime. Like that's That would have been the dumbest decision ever because Scal just won the tip and hit a pull of three in our yeah. mug. And that was it. That so, was so I never would have done that. Uh, there are a lot of factors conspiring against me today. And, and I will say, <laughs> the clip was hilarious. People were just <laughs> curious. I had my cousin texted me today to invite me to a uh, Memorial Day. It is Memo- Memorial, Memorial Day, Day, right? Yeah, Memorial Day barbecue. And uh, he said, I won't tell anyone about your clock management issues. <laughs> so it, it, it's it been a, a tough day for the kid, but now at least everybody will has seen that I'm washed up and, and that it's real. My powers are gone. This is exactly why I wanted to play you in one-on-one. Oh, I'm still going to whip your ass in one-on-one. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should play then. Yeah. We've been talking about this forever. I'm, we should play right after I get that Kaizen tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah. I think today, I've I think made a big mistake today not getting my picture taken in front of the, the Kaizen beam of justice. That was just a major Jimbo on my part. It was right there. It was. It was right Huge there. Mistake. Very, very easily. Unforgivable. It was my first time in the RBAC Center. Nice place they got there. It's yeah. a fantastic practice facility. But I forgot all about the, uh, the Kaizen uh, banner. But it was nice for Brad to come in, watch the second half. Um, uh, and laugh at I us the whole time. He was laugh at the us entire time. Him, the coaches across the way in that little uh, meal area they have up there, uh, everybody was laughing. That was good. It was fun. It was not a high level uh, basketball game no. in terms of quality. Or this was definitely the worst media game I've played in. Yeah. Well, they. Yeah. I don't know. It's the only one I've ever played in, so I have no, was, no frame of reference. Usually there's at least like a few good performances. I'm not sure like anyone. Packer no one, good, no one really starred. I, w- I played all right, but it was just compared. No one like no one went and balled out other than Scal, but Scal didn't even like ball out that hard. Scal spent the first half just fucking around. Um, but we had so many people that, I mean, we had we had to do like waves of subs. Like I played... 
I came out and played well in my first uh, five minutes. The other there. team didn't do waves of subs. Westerholm and Scow played, like, the whole game. Yeah, we did waves of subs. Like, we did, like, um, like five on, five off. So I played, like, six or seven minutes, and then I sat down for eight minutes, nine minutes, and then came back in to, to finish the half. And it was just so – I started well. I, I played well to start, and then I got nothing after that. I just never – I have to give credit to the great coach, Leon Poe. I thought his rotations were fantastic. Uh, he got me in the game, got me in the space to make the right play, to make winning plays uh, Jam, you know, for say, the team. The green team won. Jam, Jam definitely was the high-energy guy. I mean, you were in there crashing for rebounds. You were picking the kid's pocket. I mean, you were really out there just doing all sorts of good stuff. I will say that. That's why I think I was the best player on my team, not named Scal. And because we won, <laughs> I should have won the individual star award. Instead, yeah. I was robbed by Jermaine Wiggins, yeah. who body checked me at some point during the game. And then he won the, the award that's supposed to value uh, what it means to be a part of the junior Celtics the most. And this guy, it, it was a farce. I think it was a, it was nonsense. And yeah, I wanted the award because I thought I, I thought I deserved it. Uh, you know what? You played, you played hard. You played, you played well. I'll say you did everything that you said you would do. You're very, very smartish in your, as, as much as smart ish can be in a media game. You were it. We haven't hit the bottom of the backboard after a three. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's smartest. But we haven't talked about Corrales who dominated the, the first five minutes. I would say first, first like 30 seconds, I thought, I thought Corrales was going to go for 50. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like Corrales v. Scal. Corrales had a putback layup, then hit a pull up jumper in someone's mug. It was I, was like, I didn't know Corrales had that, that in him. It was directly in Westerholm's face. He had his, <laughs> he had his hand in my, in my face and I drilled it anyway. Um, and then I got a putback. And a phantom foul on Kyle Draper. So I had, I think, yeah, I had six, eight points. At eight points, uh, in the first six minutes, and then that was it. I didn't score again. Stuff came out there. Yeah, that's it. I, I mean, I think I don't even know that I got another shot. Like I, I, I think I got one other shot attempt. So it's not like I was out there bricking. Like I, I. I probably could have crashed a little bit harder, but I was just exhausted. But I, I really, I think I was three for four shooting. I don't, maybe three for five. Maybe there's one that I forgot about, but that, that's it. I only got like five shots, four shots. So it's bad. It's bad team management there. We had no point guard. I was playing point forward for a little bit. It was bad basketball, but the, the moral of the story is that uh, Jay looked like an idiot. I was robbed of an award, and my team won. If I did have, like, the major takeaways. The best part of the video of me looking like an idiot is Corrales stomping around in the side, Wiggins, like, stomping around. I, I infuriated everyone on the court <laughs> except for the other team. So, from my perspective, I had <laughs> I had Mark D'Amico on me in the post, and Jay was like, nope, not going to give it to you there. I'm like, all right, fine. Uh, I remember that Jay said I could use a few picks, so I went up to set a pick. I was going to set a pick on Jam and, and spring the game. When did I say I could use a few picks? On the sideline. On the sideline, you were joking around with somebody. Oh, when Sherrod said that people need to set me picks. Yeah, I was just messing around. No, I, so I was just literally dribbling down the clock. Yeah. I wasn't going to. 
I wasn't going to, I had no like big plans of what to do. I was just dribbling down the clock to get us one last shot. You waved me away. You waved another guy away. I didn't want to go too early. And then after I didn't want to go too early. My arms out. Like what, what is happening? You know, I should have, I should have called a timeout. Somebody on the floor should have called something like, what what are you doing? In retrospect, it it wasn't my fault. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's fair. It was probably my fault. Yeah, for, for what? Playing for distracting him team? with the, for distracting him from the the sh- obvious clock underneath the clock he was staring at. You know, <laughs> it really is hilarious to see those two clocks one on top of another in Josue's video. The shot clock is so much bigger. Oh god! All right, that's it. That's that was a fun day. It was a fun day. Uh, we're busting balls, uh, but it was a fun day. It was all for the Junior Celtics. And the junior Celtics are, they, they put on summer programs, summer camps. So if you go to Celtics.com and look for junior Celtics, they've got camps all over the, the area that they go to different schools, different age groups. So check them out. It was a good time. It was, it was fun. We got those cool little uniforms. They, they gave us some food and beer afterwards. So it was a great time and uh, go check out the junior Celtics. We're going to come back with the Marcus Smart making the first team all defense. Uh, so stick around for that. Remember, you can subscribe to the Lockdown Celtics podcast using the brand new Himalaya podcast app. Go ahead, download that. Use that for your podcast. Curates your feeds based on your interests. And you could also subscribe Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere podcasts exist. Or get in your car and ask it to play podcast Lockdown Celtics. Coming right back on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Teams. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in one space with a new virtual room. Collaborate live, drawing, sharing, and building ideas with everyone on the same page. And make sure more of your team is seen and heard with up to 49 people on screen at once. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com Teams. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand-new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There were a handful of times all season long that Brad Stevens, out of nowhere, would just say, I hope Marcus Smart gets first team all defense. Or really making a case out of nowhere for Marcus Smart making the all defense team. Well, the all defensive teams came out, and Marcus Smart was indeed on the first team. For the first time ever, he makes first team all defense. The rest of the team, uh, Eric Bledsoe on the first team with him, along with Giannis 
uh, Paul George and Rudy Gobert. The second team is Drew Holiday, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kawhi, and Joel Embiid. So let's start with Marcus Smart. Um, I mean, obviously well-deserved, I would say. It's not a surprise. Is it a little bit of a surprise that he got first team? Uh, I mean, he probably deserved it. But there's so many great defensive guards. Like, Pat Beverly wasn't on either team, which I thought was a disgrace. I don't know off the top of my head how many games he missed, so maybe that was a thing. I literally have no idea. But Pat Beverly is very damn good. He's a very good defender, yes. Um, but yeah, Marcus Smart, he's, he's been a all defensive level defender for a long time. And this time because he was in the starting lineup and because I guess he played more minutes, didn't have his long spell of injuries, um, that finally he got the justice was served. I mean, he was, if you look at the point totals, he was the, the top vote getting guard. He had 145 po- like points, I guess. So 63 first place votes. He was pretty much, if there's the, if there's the best guard defense in the league, there'd be Marcus Smart. I mean, I'm a huge homer, um, and been advocating for Marcus Smart's defense, uh, for years now. There's so many, like I've seen comments on Twitter. It's like shocking. He hasn't gotten this by now. So maybe that's the reason he's for te- first team. This is like the least surprising news. Uh, of the summer. I think many people uh, assume that this was going to happen. And so it's cool for Marcus to, uh, to have gotten it. Congratulations to him, but it's not, not a big surprise just because he's been really good for a, a while now. Yeah. I mean, part of this might be uh, also uh, a little bit of recognition for how good he's been in the past to, to get so many first place votes. I mean, not just the recognition of this year. He definitely, definitely deserves it. Uh, but you're right. There's, there's Jay, there's, there are a ton of good, uh, great defenders that you could have chosen. Um, like you said, Pat Beverly getting on there, uh, it stands out. Um, who else got snubbed? Um, that doesn't matter. Uh, but Marcus Smart, Going out there and doing what he does, uh, obviously game-changing kind of stuff. But to get the 63 first-team votes, I, I definitely feel like there's there's also some like, all right, we've we've kind of overlooked Marcus Smart in the past. We've got to make sure we get him on there. So none of this crazy voting him second, like we're gonna put him first team and get him on there. So not only does he deserve it. I think there might be a little bit of extra, like, let's make sure he's on there. Uh, Bledsoe, I thought, was very deserving. I mean, who do you knock off of here to put a guy like Beverly on? Um, Drew Holiday and Clay Thompson? Maybe Clay? I guess so. I don't know. It feels like there's a, they got it right with first team, second team. I don't know. I, I, I feel like they did. I thought Kawhi didn't deserve to be on it. Because he didn't play? Just because of the games played thing? Games played thing, and he just wasn't himself defensively. Like, this year, more than any, like, he wasn't what he was. I, like, obviously, when he's locked in, he's as good as anybody when he's moving and trying and doing all those things. Like, he's Kawhi, absolute monster. Um, I just didn't think he was that as often as usual this year. So I, I, I would have docked him for that a little bit. Are you, you out here standing for PJ Tucker? Like who, who do you think got snubbed? I think Kawhi PJ just Tucker won it because he's snubbed, I, the I best thought. defensive player. Like I feel like a de- defensive player of the year, or all defense team eventually. It's like if you've gotten it, 
three times in a row, you're basically guaranteed to get it for the next year. Uh, that's how Kobe Bryant got it so many years. Um, <laughs> right. But it, so it's just like at this point, it's like a reputation thing where Kawhi's earned his basically place on all defense, no matter what he does. Yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, the NBA, it, all defense is always weird to me. It's uh, because it has the weird like grandfathered rules. Like, it's, all right, Kawhi's going to make it no matter what. I don't know if I can like value enough of whether or not Kawhi's defense was all like on par or better than PJ Tucker this year, but I imagine just voters just like I haven't watched a bunch every single uh, Raptors game this year, but I figured Kawhi's going to be pretty good, so they just vote for him. I mean, the voting is pretty insane. Someone voted for Kyrie for all team defense, and Kyrie had his probably his best defensive year, or at least his best defensive year as a Celtic, but all defense that's yeah. insane. Second team that only three other guards may be ahead of him defensively. That's that's ridiculous. Well, in a month, we're going to find out who voted for whom, and uh, that'll be an interesting one to um, to 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 see who voted for that. Um, Jalen Brown got a vote, so uh, which I thought was, I mean, Jalen Brown, good defender, but like, who the hell did somebody put Jalen Brown and Kyrie on their on their second team? Was it just Tommy? Did Tommy get a vote? I don't. No, I thought they took away the votes from the local TV people, but I don't know. That would be amazing if somebody just put Jalen and Kyrie on their second team, which means that person definitely voted for Marcus Smart, number one. <laughs> Absolutely. Imagine three Celtics, three Celtics with the three the best defenders in the league all year. Uh, I mean, there are some real wild second team votes in there. De'Aaron Fox got second team votes. He's very fast. He's fast. He's, he's very fast. Uh, but, like, I don't know. I'm just going through all of the really, – Al Horford only got four second-team votes for all defense because he's a forward. They list him as a forward in here. So he didn't. He wasn't listed among the centers. Uh, Miles Turner is a guy that maybe like, if we're looking at who should have been in, who should who shouldn't have been, maybe – Maybe we could have put Miles Turner ahead of Joel Embiid. That is weird. Al Horford was listed as a forward when he started at center basically the entire year. It is. It's very weird. Like, almost exclusively at center. But in in the voting, he is at forward. So he has to contend with P.J. Tucker, Pascal Siakam, who both got a, a bunch of votes, uh, on top of Paul George, Giannis, Draymond, Kawhi, like no way Al Horford was going to beat those guys out. As good as he was, he was, but he wasn't. He wasn't going to beat out Rudy Gobert and Joel Embiid either. I don't think changing his position necessarily no but changes that too much. If, if you, but in, but it's just asinine. It's right. Oh yeah, it's poppycock. It's poppycock, <laughs> but it doesn't change anything. It doesn't. It, I mean, he still would have made a team, but you go from Al Horford with four second team votes to. Al Horford with more, it's just more votes. It's, it's, that's all it would be. It's, it doesn't really mean much, but, um, he wouldn't have gotten, he probably would have been fourth behind Miles Turner. I think Miles Turner probably would have gotten more votes than him, but, um, yeah. All right. All right. It seems like we've exhausted the, all defense discussion we're going to come back to wrap up the show and right after the break here on the lockdown Celtics podcast
you're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. Back to wrap up the show. Hey, Jay King, do you have any thoughts about the Raptors and Bucks series? Yes, I do. I do, actually. <laughs> I remember some people tweeting after game two that the optics for the Celtics season would be so much better because the Bucks were just kicking ass. And I believe someone by the name of... John Corrales Get him. tweeted that someone would write the story about how the, the Celtics had gotten it together but ran into a juggernaut. And now <laughs> I would just like to ask Mr. John Corrales how he feels about the Bucks getting curb stomped in game four and going back to Milwaukee with a 2-2 series and having a half court offensive efficiency during this series against the Raptors that would be worse than the New York Knicks 30th ranked offense during the regular season. So, Mr. Corrales, <laughs> how do the optics look now for the 49 win Eastern Conference favorite that beat a bum juice Pacers team in the first round has a 12th ranked playoff offense got smoked in four straight games including two straight at TD Garden by a Bucks team that has one barely two all-stars in Chris Middleton and was just a disaster all season are you done nothing could have changed the optics on this Celtics season these the optics were crap the Bucks Are you have played very well most of the season. They're now 2-2 and showing that they were vulnerable just like everybody knew all along. Well, just like you did at the R-Back Center, where you looked at the clock above the actual shot clock, you looked at my tweet above the quote tweet and didn't really pay attention to what the quote tweet actually said, which came from Sam Sheehan, who wrote, quote, it would be very helpful for the Celtics optics if the Bucks could sweep the Raptors. No, no don't bring Sam into this. No, <laughs> what do you mean? What are you talking? That's exactly what I was responding nope, to. Nope. Context but, matters, Jay. Context I, matters. I, hold on. But no, I, no, no, no. This is I'm I. I didn't, I didn't want to bring tweet. Sam's good name into this. I just wanted I'm to attack Corral. I don't know how good his name is. I'm, yeah, I'm quote <laughs> tweeting Sam. So Sam says after two games, he says. It would be very helpful for the Celtics optics if the Bucks could sweep the Raptors. After two games, he said that. And I said, this is true. Saying, if, this, if the Bucks could sweep the Raptors, it would be good for the Celtics optics. And I said it 
everything gets toned down a notch with the we didn't realize how dominant the Bucks were caveat. Okay? So if the Bucks could sweep the Raptors, then what Sam said was true, in my opinion. But they didn't. So I still disagree true. on that entirely. I think well but. so what I'm saying is in that in that regard, I I don't sit there and say like that I believe it necessarily that it, that it fixes everything but everything goes from the on a scale of one to ten like ten oh my god the celtics are a disaster it goes down to like an eight or a nine but it's like well you can go back and say well they they beat the pacers they had that game one and then the bucks turned it on if the bucks went and won nine or yeah eight straight uh, playoff games and got to the NBA Finals, you could sit there and, and say all the same things about the Celtics, but also you would have to add in, but they also faced Milwaukee, who was just a buzzsaw, which they're not, so it doesn't even matter. But at the time, that possibility existed, so I said, yeah, if this happens, if this, then that. But the if part didn't happen, so the then doesn't matter, Jay. I still disagree. It was, it was a crap Celtic season with a crap end and they could have played the I, the dream team the initial dream team and gotten beat four straight games and that would not have changed the slop that came before look we've been talking on this podcast forever about this or season. the fact or the fact that in a must win game at home they were run out of the gym by a lineup that featured Sterling Brown, George Hill, Pat Connaughton, and the first sign. I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. I don't disagree with any of that. Nothing changes as far as what the Celtics' problems were. Nothing changes about the, the, the season that they had. None of that changes. The only thing I'm saying is, if the Bucks had swept, then you still, you have all of that stuff, and then all you do is you add an extra thing is like, but they also got, they also just ran into a juggernaut. So they never got a chance to even put it together. Like there's, there's just an added thing that could have been added there. And it was in response to Sheehan's thing. So I'm not like, you, you want to come at my neck, but you're going to come at my neck with something like legitimate. You're going to just let me live, man. I'm, I'm just trying <laughs> to blow off some steam here, get you a little riled up. It's been a tough day for the kid. It has been a very tough day for the kid, as evidenced by this line. The optics for the kid are not good. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, you have any thoughts to add to this? No, it really feels like your guys are debating a minuscule point where John is saying that the people could say this if the Bucks swept, and Jay saying the Celtics were still bad. You both are right. Uh, embrace nuance. Uh, it's not a binary world. We don't need this two-party system. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just sad Sam Sheehan's name got brought into this. I know it was his tweet, but we didn't, we didn't have to call him out like that. You, I, you brought it up, and and, and yeah. I, and I still, I was subtweeting nothing, though. I was, I was <laughs> there was nothing to call up. I mean, he presented a hypothetical. He presented a hypothetical, and the hypothetical didn't come true, and so it's gone. It's lost to the ether. I got a high, I got a whole cold takes here. What, what's up? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta change the topic because I don't think we're gonna get any progress. So I have a question for you. Do you think Kevin Durant is root, if he can't come back, is rooting against the Golden State Warriors? No. 
No. Absolutely not. I think he was. It makes them look. If they can just win the title without him, that like. They the, already the, won a title op- without him. We're talking about optics. It doesn't look great. They didn't need him. He's a two time finals MVP. He's a one time league MVP. I'm not saying he's bad. Uh, no, but what I'm saying is he doesn't need to fret about what bums think. And maybe he but does it's fret. Kevin Durant. But he frets about anything. He's he really clearly does. pissed off. Did you see how happy he was when they beat the Rockets? I did not. Did you see him just chirping at Chris Broussard and Instagram commenters recently and just being mad online? Yeah, well, that, that's not being Kevin mad, Durant. actually laughing about it with his, him and Sam Sheehan's hot wife. <laughs> that's the Kevin Durant experience. I'm so do you think he's – so I think it's like – I think a lot of people would be happy for uh, their team to win the like championship. But like what about Kevin Durant? Like he it feels like they're – if they can just win without him and they're – like the narrative is like he wasn't as essential to their team as – I mean he clearly was. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that just totally pisses Kevin Durant off. I don't know where he ends up going. Everyone seems to think he le- he's leaving the Warriors, but I feel like that kind of guarantees it. But I don't know. I thought it was just like, like an interesting perspective. Like, what happens uh, if they win and then like he comes back and they like lose a game or I don't know. It just makes the whole situation pretty pretty interesting. I feel like KD is rooting for the Warriors to lose or for him to come back and lead them to victory. I think that whole thing, like, I don't, I don't put anything past Durant at this point, but it's all stupid. It's all really fucking stupid because, like, who cares? So he's hurt. It, when did a player getting hurt become some sort of referendum? Like, like, okay, he's hurt and they're winning. Well, they're, the whole point of the Warriors is that they're so loaded that this thing could happen, that they could lose a guy and still go nuts and 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 win very very easily like it's not it's not saying like they don't need one guy like yeah okay you don't need kd of course you don't need kd because you're the warriors and you've got all these teams like it's not a personal thing you're so loaded that you don't need all of those guys you also don't need clay if he if you were to take that one guy off or you wouldn't need steph you could still win with the other four oh, they need three steph. guys I know. I knew. I knew you were going to respond to that. But and I was about to say they need Draymond too. I think you do. Yeah. Like Draymond. Draymond will be need the one Iggy. Guy. Iggy. Man, they don't need Iggy's old ass. Iggy. Is, it, honestly, that Blazers team wasn't great at all. No, no especially after Dame the, gets hurt, they couldn't do anything. They only in that game because Myers Leonard decided to go insane. But that Blazers team should not have won Game Seven against Denver. We were just robbed uh, of a better series if Denver had played. I, I don't think Denver was that good either. They would have got blitzed the same way the Blazers did. The, I the think Rockets they would have got a the game. Only, the Rockets were the only competition in the West for the Warriors. That's just how how it was going to be this is year. The, is the East better than the West? Like It feels like the East has three teams that were you could say were legitimately good this year, and the Celtics are definitely not on that list. <laughs> and the West feels like it uh, had uh, two teams. But, Sam, they matched up so well. Whom's did? I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens when the Bucks or Raptors face the Warriors. And then yeah. we'll we'll see exactly how good the Eastern Conference was. Yeah. Do you think they need Kevin Durant to beat the Bucks or the Raptors? Who the hell guards Giannis if the Kevin Durant's not in the game? Looney, baby. You can't go loony for days. That just, it's not. Damian Jones, Jordan <laughs> Bell. 
Jordan Pack got a, a all-defensive vote. Throw him on there. Oh, so we should throw Kyrie on Giannis then. Oh, wait, that happened in multiple games, and Kyrie was seeking it out. That was ridiculous. Why did he want to play defense on Giannis? That was a real Sorry. ridiculous thing. Um, I, so, so to answer the question, yes, they would. I would think they would need KD, I guess, against Milwaukee especially because Milwaukee's got like a lot of length, and it's the length would bother Steph, I think, a little bit more, and it would it would bother the shooters a little bit more, and to have a a guy like Durant who could still get his shot off even over the length that Milwaukee has, that I think that would be a very important element for the the Warriors. So yes, they would need KD. They, it's not. Well, I think they're going to win without, no matter what. It, I'm, 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 they could still win without it just going to be a lot harder and having that guy would be would make things easier for them they need iggy back though and iggy back healthy because iggy iggy's iggy's are what, what is your obsession with this iggy thing it's it's ridiculous i mean the guys behind he's him the, just aren't even close to what he is how good he is but he, he he helps them he gives them the versatility he gives them the intelligence like when he's not in there they start Alfonso McKinney and uh, one of their centers, whoever <laughs> Steve Kerr like rolls the dice and chooses that night. Now you're so, disparaging the centers, but you just said those same centers would stop Giannis. I mean, you're talking on both sides of your mouth, Jake King. Uh, well, I was, I was, I was just joking around before when I was talking about Giannis. I, I know, but that doesn't fit with my narrative. <laughs> my my thing about the Warriors is they just play the most beautiful basketball when KD's not in there. And I, I enjoy watching them more when he's not in there. I think they're better when he's in there. I think they're pretty much invincible when he's in there. But just from a visually pleasing standpoint, I love watching Steph in space doing his thing and dragging people and Draymond with four on three fast breaks in the half court. There's nothing more exciting to me than watching the Warriors play when Kevin Durant's not on the court. And that, that's nothing against Kevin Durant. Like, he does what he does, and he does it incredibly well. It's just when he's out, out on the court, like, they switch some things up, and it's just not as free-flowing as it is when he's not on the court. The ball's in Steph's hands much less when Kevin Durant's on the court. And so I agree with you that, like, that the style's different. I have a very Celtic-centered question. You see Steph and Draymond run pick and roll, and Draymond just dominate these four-on-three situations. Why can't the Celtics just create a similar four-on-three situation with Kyrie and Al? Like it just doesn't feel like that's that's something that the Warriors can do just because of Steph and like how many guys. I guess teams don't blitz Kyrie as high as they do for Steph, but I know Jay, you've been advocating for Kyrie taking more pull-up threes, uh, and this is the exact reason. It just feels like the Warriors are so good at kind of in the half court generating like that much motion and that much like passing and movement and the Celtics just despite having Kyrie and Al just never that was not a regular uh play for them well I first of all Steph and Draymond is a better combination than Kyrie and Al and Steph is just better so he Draws a, a little bit more attention. Kyrie is a good shooter, but still not at that level. And when Al Horford gets the ball, he's not doing what Draymond does. Like 
I mean, I love Al, but Draymond is just at a, a, another level. I mean, he's just so much quicker and more fluid, and he, he, the stuff that he's doing, not only is he catching the ball, but he's like immediately catching and flipping up a perfect alley oop, you know. So it, he's really good at alley oops. He's like has the weirdest touch where it's just like, how does he know that that's going to be the like the right play? Yeah, it's just, and and that also, by the way, that also that style, it's that allows those guys to do what they do. So even if Kyrie and, and Al run that same pick and roll and Kyrie gets blitz and he gets it to Al, even if Al takes that one dribble, no one's cutting back door for that alley-oop. Everybody's staying parked in the corners. So the Celtics don't move the way the Warriors do. If the Celtics, if the entire team started moving and cutting and doing stuff besides Kyrie and Al, that that would open things up for those two to play a little bit more like that. Still, Draymond is better at it. That's much more his style. He's younger and he's just better at it. But the Celtics do not play. They do not move the way they should. So there aren't very many opportunities for those guys to even make those kinds of plays. Yeah, the, the what makes the Warriors what separates them as much as anything. Else, their level of intellect, and especially with Draymond, Draymond just he's he's next level. Like sees the game ahead so much, and uh, to me, like obviously Horford is very good at that. He's picking and popping a lot. Um, That's true. Al's never really attacking the basket on a straight line. He doesn't drive. get that. Horford doesn't get that full head of steam like Draymond does, where he he literally turns it into a fast break. Like he just starts chugging down the middle, and and teams don't guard Kyrie nearly like they guard Steph. They don't guard anyone nearly like they guard Steph. Steph just puts the fear of God into people. Yeah, and and it's because he can shoot from thirty. It's because he can shoot off every way. And then one other thing that I think separates the Warriors and. It probably doesn't get as as much credit as it does. Is Curry's off ball movement, like yeah. that dude when he, he's just such an incredible cutter and he's always cutting full speed. And if a guy loses him for a second, bam, he's open on the other in the other corner, and the Warriors have three swing passes and find him, and they'll find him, and they they almost never like lose that opportunity to find Steph when he relocates. And it's it, that's why I love watching them. There's, they're it's it's just beautiful basketball. I love beautiful basketball. <laughs> you guys, wish, you, you guys convinced me officially. Uh, the Celtics are better. I mean, are worse than the Warriors. Yeah. Yep. Now I now I believe it. That's <laughs> that was a that was a tough sell, I'm sure. But there it is. Uh, all right. Well, let's end this podcast. And say thank you to the listeners for participating, for enjoying all of this craziness. I hope you've enjoyed it enough to become a subscriber. Go ahead and get that Himalaya podcast app. Subscribe to Lockdown Celtics, and it'll help get you a bunch of other great podcasts. But, of course, we should be the first one you listen to every day. All of you regular listeners, give us that five-star rating. Give us a good written review and share the podcast. Tell everybody to listen to the uh, podcast. Sorry, that was the shot clock. <laughs> <laughs> that was, it's, it's tough. It's been tough today. In that situation, the shot clock was actually not visible, Jay, so it's not a, analogous to what you your horrendous mistake. 
I wasn't trying to make an analogy. I was just just poking a little fun at myself. I know. I was so was I. Just just <laughs> let me poke fun at myself. <laughs> I was robbed from that award. Wiggy should never have won. That's bullshit. Also, one last thing. <laughs> Fuck NBC Sports Boston for putting up those. <laughs> like we're we're just a bunch of dudes fucking got invited to play some hoops, trying to have a little fucking fun. All for all for likes and retweets. Fucking, I, I got a bone to pick with those assholes. <laughs> uh, that was pretty cold. That they just played the tape. I mean, I thought I looked good on that video. <laughs> you did get bodied pretty hard by Wiggins in that video. Oh, someone accused me of taking a flop there. I got I got bum rushed by Wiggins. Oh, that was no flop. <laughs> no, I got decked. Yeah. Uh, at least they had. At least they had one of Scal's. Oops, on there, like I don't know. There was no that no. The one scal mistake they had was just Joe Sway's mistake because he wasn't running the floor. I'm gonna give Scal the uh, benefit of the doubt on that one. Yeah, you got to hustle. Playing with Scal is like invigorating. You like have to run the floor, or else you just feel like an idiot. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I'm just watching it again. It's Wiggins, invigorating. Wiggins just destroyed you. That's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. He's just really. He's a then he won. Dude. Then he won the sportsmanship award. <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah, this is pretty cold-blooded by MC Sports Boston. I'm not going to lie. All right, that's it. Thanks, everybody. This has been the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King. Lockdown Celtics. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.